And inside of that rut, the only the inside of that routine, I should say, the only thing that creates a rut is the is the me that I bring to the chair with that person. Um, so, you know, I would say I would suggest that every hairstylist have some kind of a conversation, right, that we've coined a consultation um, prior to getting started to figure out what it is you guys want to do. But the the habit that I'm you know, kind of suggesting now is to make sure you're bringing your best intention to that conversation. Hey friends, I'm Jennifer, and you're listening to the Beauty Business Game Changer Podcast, a podcast for beauty industry providers and business owners that are wanting to level up their game to create a profitable career. If you're feeling stuck and you want more out of this industry, then join me as I share with you my strategies, lessons I've learned along the way, and how I overcame fear by shifting my mindset to build a healthy business. I built a solid book behind the chair, launched a bridal company, became a salon suite owner to most recently opening up a salon. As creative entrepreneurs, we need an education that empowers us and makes an impact on helping us raise our standards. My mission is to teach you how you can reach your goals quickly, build your books and your business faster, and master the framework for creating a successful and rewarding career. Thank you for joining me. Let's do this. Welcome to your Game Changer Podcast. Welcome everybody to the Beauty Business Game Changer Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Alvarez. Today, you guys, I am so excited to have my friend, Chris Solome with me. He is a lifetime hairstylist, a former school owner, global business speaker. He is the consultant uh, of a company of 124Go. He's the author of Shop Talk and shares his real life salon experience with the beauty industry. There's so many more things that I want to share with you about Chris, but I want to introduce him to the podcast today and let's dive into a conversation. Welcome, Chris. That's awesome. Thanks, Jennifer. And I'm just going to give some clarity because I do introductions all the time with you as well. And I would consider myself more a former salon owner than a school owner. And I know we were talking in our warm up. Um, I was a I was a minority partner in a school, but man, it, I loved the opportunity to get to speak with those students um, on a regular basis. It really um, was one of the best parts of my uh, journey through this career so far, even though that was a short lived period of my life. So I just don't want to misrepresent myself, but man, I'm excited to be here with you. Oh, I love that. And I and I love the fact that you've had so much experience now in the beauty industry that you're able to give this back to so many people between beauty students, people launching a business, people in business. Who do you love right now speaking to the most when it comes to your experience? You know, we were talking about our mutual new passion for podcasting. And I probably for the first time am enjoying hearing from other professionals through the podcast um, and drawing out the experience of other people that are willing to share. Um, I mean, nothing compares to the magic moment of working with a new stylist that's struggling to have a breakthrough and then you help them have that breakthrough. Um, You know, you help them do a really clean foil weave or, you know, differentiate what graduation is and layering inside of a haircut. And then they go, Oh, like that's amazing. But um, also the ability to, you know, draw out information of other people that have experience uh, uh, is also magical. So it's kind of a two part answer to your question right now. Definitely for sure. I love that. So it's, the technical part of it, and then what happens beyond the the technical portion of this industry? Yeah, hundred percent. And it's like working with new, you know, the newest of the new. You know, whether it's students that work in the the school that um, my boss owns, to the you know to people that have been around forever. I think I think there's a a large um, 
in between, I think there's a lot of experience and a lot of minutiae and a lot of old information. Um, but it seems like there are people out there that these veterans that are really willing to share more willing to share than ever. I think their information. And then there's, and then there's also new students that I get, I just get to spend time with on a regular basis that are so, uh, scared (laughs) and and you know needing somebody to teach them that when you when you lock on with somebody and you give them your time uh you just you know it's just magical to see a breakthrough happen so i guess you know i love hearing from the the veterans that know and and i love working with the new students and yeah i mean both both on the technical end um and the business end i guess what i would say to that is i think lately and john uh, my podcast partner and i have been talking a lot about this lately um around newer people we've been talking you know for years about confidence and consultation and all this stuff but i think unless you marry that to technical skills it's really hard to have confidence so um i think what you said is right it's you know i love the technical portion and helping people with that and i love getting good old fashioned wisdom uh, and helping share that out right now. And, and I'd have to say too, I think with the salon shut down and now being reopened, I almost feel like it's closing that gap more between the new students and the experience because it's like, we're going through the same challenges now together. That's man. That's, that's a great point. That's a great point. I mean, we, you and I were talking, um, and, and I'm all coffeeed up right now. Right. So I'm, I just finished, <laughs> I just finished my, my, uh, large Duncan black coffee. And, uh, so I can go, you know, multiple different ways, but one thing I want to, I guess, state clear, especially after somebody introduces somebody well, uh, as you did, um, I never want to paint a fake picture of life. And, you know, we all just, we're, we're all just finishing up with this COVID thing. Um, we all just took a break. And I shared with you before we started that there were some things I wanted to get done during that break. And I was just unmotivated to do them. Uh, And I think, you know, the ability for us to have that real conversation and kind of connect on that level, like you made me feel a little bit better when you said, well, we were all kind of feeling that way. It was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I don't have to be perfect, Um, you know, because I think we can put on masks right now and, you know, we can have this podcast and I can say the right things. But the reality is we're human, you know, we're having a human experience. And as an industry, it's been really cool to watch, like you said, people getting aggressively sharing through all kinds of new channels, whether, you know, whether they were new to Zoom, whether they were new to a Facebook Live. And on the other end of it, there's very willing participants that have showed up to those virtual classrooms and listened and learned uh, you know, during their break. So it's definitely an interesting time. Yeah. And when you were saying too, that like new students, oftentimes they come out and they're scared. Well, when we opened up the salons, I mean, even as an experienced artist and business owner, I was feeling also scared too. And, but, you know, I do believe the importance of what can we control right now? You know, and you talk a lot about like that magic moment Mm -hmm. of, of technique and, and sharing wisdom. What is like your thoughts right now of how are we supposed to be making magic moments behind the chair um, with everything going on right now? Yeah, it's my absolute favorite topic to talk about right now. I didn't expect you to go that direction so fast, but it, it, it's super relevant. And I, I say that because, um, you know, it's, <laughs> If you if there was ever a better time and I don't I don't I didn't even see this coming, but if there was ever a better time to reinvent yourself, it's right now. So I'm going to use one example. I promise I'll spin it um, back to your question. The, the first thing is my brother has a very busy barber shop in Philadelphia. Uh, he's been there for 30 years. He's Joe the barber in the neighborhood. Everybody knows it. He's, Love it. <laughs> he's, he's run that business since that neighborhood wasn't the popular neighborhood to live in. So as you can imagine, there's been an evolution as it relates to clientele. You know, you got the 
his old boys that used to come in, you know, that, that were 30 when they used to come in and now they're all 60 together. And then they've got the new, you know, uh, evolving neighborhood of younger professionals coming in and they're doing this stuff. And for about three years, we've been talking about appointments. He was thinking he was going to go to appointments. Um, and we talked it in circles and circles and circles. And finally, I stopped advice giving because I realized he wasn't going to take my advice anyway. And because of this shutdown, he was able to go to appointments. So and, was he doing just by like writing it down? In a book? Oh, it was just a walk-in deal. It was just a barbershop, oh, right? Gotcha. So I want okay. you to, yeah, picture an old school barbershop and picture, you know, 10 guys waiting in the front room at all times. Um and t- picture 10 angry Philadelphia guys waiting in the front room at all times and like eyeing the other guy saying, I was in front of you, dude, <laughs> you know? Um, so, so a very busy barbershop. I mean, they could, you know, those guys could crank out, you know, 30 haircuts a day on a, on a minimum easy. Um, so with that said, he, he, he's, you know, like I said, he's in his sixties and during this time, he switched, made the switch to appointments. So, you know, you can go, you can book an appointment online. And he was scared to death to do it, to be honest. He was scared to death. Um, and last week, because Philadelphia literally just opened the, a few days ago while we have this conversation, they opened up the website to take appointments. You know, they got the date that they were going to open. And he started to watch his appointment book fill up which he'd never, it was an experience he's never had before in his entire career because it was just guys waiting all the time. Um, And he was scared to death. He didn't sleep the night before. He was anxious the morning of, I I spoke with him that morning. We talk every day. Um, And that night I called him and I said, how was it? And he said, Chris, it was magic. He said, he said, I couldn't believe how nice it was to not have 10 guys staring me down. And I couldn't believe how much they enjoyed and appreciated that they had an appointment time book. They didn't have to wait for an hour for five other guys to get haircuts before they did. And he said, I'll never go back. And I mean, I've, we've talked every day since and he'll never go back. This, this has reinvented him. Um, now that long, circle the long story back, we all have had the ability now, I, I hate to use this term, but to blame somebody else for a change that we might have been wanting to make. So we can all drop these three very powerful le- letters called the CDC <laughs> and say, <laughs> the <laughs> CDC now regulates us too. <clears throat> And whether it's social distance and whether it's take temperature checks out front and whether it's sign a waiver and whether it's um, uh, what, whatever it is, the CDC has mandated that there's things that we're going to do differently. And the Board of Cosmetology, which is another really important one liner, has regulated us to do some things. So now I have the opportunity if I was in the old habit of, you know, hey, Madge, you know, good to see you. You know, come on back. If I was if I was in that habit, as my good old buddy Michael Cole would have said, um, then I can now break that habit by greeting the person in a different way. By one of the things that I did very purposefully when we came back from COVID was I would walk outside and I did hair full time for about three weeks during that time. So just so you guys know, I I sold my salon in 2013. I haven't been full-time behind the chair since, but I've, but I've always kept a small clientele inside of my life. Um, but one of, one of the salons, they um, did all, all the stylists didn't come back. They had overflow. And so I went into one of our locations and for three weeks, I just worked, you know, full-time as a, as a stylist behind the chair. And because a lot of these people were meeting me for the first time, I knew that without having my smile to greet them, that that was going to be difficult, that that I know about verbal communication and I understand nonverbal communication and nonverbal communication. You know, if you're listening, can be more powerful than your verbal communication. So it's not how you know what you say, it's how you say it type thing. 
So I would walk outside. I knew we had these weird things. I was, you know, fully, I looked like I was in a spacesuit. And now I'm greeting this person for the first time that I had just met or haven't met yet. So I would pull one side of my mask off while they were still distanced far away from me enough that they could feel safe. And I would give them a big smile and I would say, hi, my name's Chris. I'm so happy you're here. I just wanted to see you. I just wanted you to see me smiling before we walked up and did all this weird stuff. And then I put my mask on. They would say, hi, we would laugh. And then we would walk through our protocols. And you have opportunities like that, that I call magic moments throughout your entire appointment, where you can either build professional rapport or why you can either drop a one-liner that focuses on one of your key metrics, such as your loyalty program, such as your uh, maybe another service you want to offer, such as educating them on a product. So you have these little moments throughout the appointment that you now have the ability to reinvent because we got this very inconvenient gift of COVID. So, you know, for me lately, this has just been a drum that I've been pounding. And in February, if I would have walked into a school or walked into a salon and started to talk about consultation and greeting again, you would have thrown rotten tomatoes at me. So it's a really interesting time that where some of the old has become new again and customer service, I'll just use a very old term, you know, guest service, client services, whatever you want to call it, that experience has now moved back to the top of the list. Absolutely. Get going back to the basics. And I love the fact that, you know, it's never too late to reinvent yourself. And it's all about your mindset of how do you want to take what's happening right now? Because we can't control it and use it to our advantage to do something different. And, and I love that one, your brother has pivoted and it's worked to his advantage. But one thing that I know as a business owner is that you don't know what the outcome will be unless you try. And if it doesn't work, you have the ability to change it. You don't have to say, this is what we're doing moving forward forever. It's, hey, this we tried it. It didn't work. Well, let's try something else. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I, I, I want to say something because I, I, I like what you said about work to my brother's advantage. The advantage that it has worked to for him is simply happiness, right? He's, he's not going to actually make any more or less money based on the fact that he decided to take appointments. They were already very busy. What he discovered was he had gotten into the habit of a grind. And the only person holding him to that grind was him. And, you know, you said mindset. It's a key word. I, I hate that it's a that it's become almost overlooked now because everybody in the world talks about mindset. But like when you can get a handle on the fact that the only difference between you adopting a new way of being or a new system or a new set of professional skills, the only thing in your way is your thoughts about it and like the decision to do it. And it's it, it, even me saying that out loud, Jennifer, is frustrating because we're all still trying to achieve goals, right? So as I, you know, as I talk to you confidently right now, because I've got my Dunkin' Donuts caffeine racing through my system, like, you know, because that's true right now, it doesn't mean that when I hang up from this, you know, um, podcast call that we're on, it doesn't mean that I still don't have things that I'm trying to get over in my mindset, you know, that, 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 uh, somebody, you know, a hairstylist three doors over from us has cleared and since passed. And because of that, they're enjoying the benefits. Um, so, you know, you, you can do it. And the only thing that typically holds us back is just our thoughts about that thing. And really the thoughts that I'm talking about specifically are the ones where we tell ourselves all the reasons why we can't do it. I love that. And with your brother too, I'm very curious to, I wrote down on my notes and I hope our listeners are taking notes too, because you have so much information to share, but I wrote the words busy versus efficient. And 
I know for myself, when I plan out my days or my weeks and my months, I can really analyze, okay, I'm going to hit my goal or I'm going to fall short. What do I need to do to kick it into high gear so I can reach my goals? And hopefully your brother has found that by uh, rebooking and having people book online that he's able to actually, uh, you know, maximize his time behind the chair. And Oh, yeah. And you want to know what one of his goals was? One of his goals was to leave work before six o'clock at night because he's been, you know, humping it for 30 years as a barber. And he's got like varicose lanes blowing out his calves. Oh, I mean, like our our goal, our goal doesn't always have to be sorry about the visual, everybody. Our goals, <laughs> our goals don't always have to necessarily be about how do we do more? Sometimes it's like, wait a minute, is this working for me? And yeah. I think, again, that um, break, pause, you know, uh, that we've just experienced or, or maybe still are experiencing, um, it's, it's an opportunity for us to, like, stop our habitual motion. And now if you can, if you can get your head together, you can rethink it. It's like doing work very intentionally. And, and I'm sure that your brother has now experienced a little bit more work-life balance, which I believe is work-life balance is penciling yourself into your own calendar as opposed to just being all work. Amen to that. And in your book, you talk about uh, belief. Now, with everything going on, too, what is like your recommendations of how do you how do you start to believe in yourself more and how do you get back motivated because we came to such a a a halt into our career and to this profession like how do we now just move forward from here Mm -hmm. well i i want to keep re-saying this is that during the pandemic shutdowns to uh i felt the same thing that everybody felt you know and the feeling that I, the way I describe the feeling is it was the first time in a long time that I couldn't put a name to the feeling I was feeling. It was almost an emptiness of knowing anything, sort of. <clears throat> so how do you reclaim your goals after that? Well, first of all, you know, for me, what I had to do was I had to re-ask myself, are the goals that I had in February still my goals? And the answer can, can certainly be no. Um, some of the answers were no. And some of the answers were yes, absolutely. Right. So if, if those things that you already know how to do, and it's just about building momentum again, um, then that's easier said than done, but, but easy to do. It's about, you know, what are the daily actions that I have to start doing again? So for me, an example that I'll give is writing, specifically writing courses. And I've been, I've been, you know, talking about writing another book again for a while, but I didn't put myself in the habit that I knew created the first book, which was every morning when I woke up, whatever time that was, you know, was Uh, for me, it was early. I'm an early riser, but um, doesn't have to be. I would dedicate the first one hour to writing. And that habit over time can't help but lead you to your goal, right? So if it's, if we're talking salon right now, you know, and it's clientele development, and when you, you know, left in February, you were unsatisfied with the amount of clients that you had, and you want to get more of those, then there are things that you can do daily with each person in order to start to develop your clientele. And, and some of that can be online, you know, using your, you know, social media marketing. Um, some of that can be <clears throat> through conversations with people. It, it I, I get, I was getting, win- people wince at me when I say this, but, you know, a handshake or, well, I guess we're not shaking hands now, but, you know, a, a hello and, hey, I'm a hairstylist, that still works. Um, that still works wonders if you have the confidence to muster up a conversation with somebody. So, but it's little things that you, that you can do. So that's, that's the ones that you wanted to do. Um, the, 
if if there were some no's that you didn't want to do some things anymore, and I think no's are good goals too. Um, I I think the most powerful two words that any person can say sometimes are I quit. And I don't, well, I mean, you know, at the risk of offending somebody, you know, the the best thing I ever did, you know, I I mean, in 2013, I was, you know, had a growing success in, in side of the Redkin artist network. I, you know, I traveled the entire world, um, in, you know, in those few years that I was there, um, everywhere, Australia, you know, um, uh, Germany, England, um, Trinidad, um, Malaysia, like, you know, literally, you know, the entire globe, all over the United States, um, Canada and Mexico, um, you know, just to name a few. And so I, I thought that was my goal until one day I woke up and it wasn't. And, you know, I quit. (laughs) I mean, I quit. I said, I quit. And the experience of freedom that I had after that and the ability to decide what I now wanted to do with my time in life um, was it was open. Now, I had all this open time and ability to explore. And I ended up, you know, then authoring a book the next year. And I, I never would have been able to do that if I would have continued to to work travel in the in the with the intensity that i was traveling it, for me somebody else could do that i see people do it all the time oh i you know travel all the time and you know for me i needed that time and space for creativity and then it opened new doors for me that i would have never experienced um so you know uh, it could be i mean you could get personal with this it could be in a relationship that you probably shouldn't be in it could be you know um eating bad foods if you've been you know wanting to get healthier you can quit that you can you know you so you can quit all kinds of things that aren't serving you anymore um and you know it's we talk about that you know outside of my hairdressing world and my yoga practice you know what are the things that are not serving me that i can let go of you know this is so powerful i i love the fact that you're, you know, you're saying the daily habits of what you do today that your tomorrow self will thank you. What is going to move the needle? And I'm a huge believer that action creates clarity and it creates confidence. So it's like as you were going through those motions of all that traveling, all that experience, you realize, you know what, I, I have done my time with that. And yeah, now it's not serving me. And and then when you had the open time, it really created more opportunities, you know, being an author of a book is, is super incredible. And, and that's such a proud moment, I'm sure in your life. Well, first of all, I love your statement about action creates clarity, because the more you try something, the more you know, if you're want to do it or not, right? So do I want to be building this type of a clientele? Do I want to be, um, you know, writing this book? You know, I can know that if I if I show up enough times in a row and then ask myself, you know, is this working for me? Um, I forget the the last part of what you just said there, but you spurred a thought and I'm losing it now. So, yeah, no, I love that statement. Action creates clarity. And and it creates confidence, too. And when we were talking about beliefs, it's like, you know, when you have more, the more you do, the more you're going to gain confidence. 100%. And um, I mean, and that's where the gap is between that new student and the experienced. Uh, I'd love to talk a little bit more about those daily habits, um, because I think that is so important, especially in our industry. I don't know about you, Chris, but I feel like for myself and for other artists that I teach that we can become complacent and we can become um, we can be on autopilot and those being on autopilot is not serving us when we are not intentional with the work that we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you kind of speak about like what daily habits do you think are really important behind the chair that you believe are moving the needle? Mm -hmm. Like our behaviors. Yeah. There's, there's an old saying and I, and I'm going to debunk it a little bit. They would say a routine becomes a rut. Um, Not for everybody, (laughs) you know, for some people, a routine helps you thrive. 
Um, you know, and as, but the magic word that you used, uh, Jennifer, and it's like one of my favorite words is intentionality. Um, you know, uh, for instance, if I'm weaving a highlight and I know I'm going to weave a full head of baby lights on somebody's head, I got to get in a routine, <laughs> you know, I mean, if I decide to reinvent the way I'm going to put every foil in, <laughs> I'm in trouble on this head. Right. Um, I got to get into a routine because I know that system is going to create, um, you know, it's going to create the result that I'm looking for. Repetition. Um, yeah. You know, I, I might know that a system of question asking during a consultation is going to lead me to a result. Now I can, uh, let's compare two hairstylists, right? One of them, uh, is in it just for the money. And, and by the way, I'm a huge fan of making money. So let's just get that out on the table. Um, one of them's in it just for the money. The other of them is in it because they want the person's hair to look and feel amazing. Okay. They could both ask the same questions, um, lead the person down the same line to the same services, but there's a feeling difference that the guest experiences when they're sitting there either feeling sold to or feeling served. Ooh, okay. And as long as you do that, then I almost don't even care what the conversation sounds like. It's, you know, um, you can really bring so many different personal styles. I work with a, I work with a hairstylist. His name's Michael Hamlin. He is outstanding. And all he uh, does is cutting. He's the only one in our company that just designs and cuts hair and he sells hair color and puts it in other seats. And Michael says, you know, you, you either have personability or personality, right? Some people have to go with personality because that's what they were given. Other people are really personable. They might be quiet. Uh, they might, you know, they're, they're the one that gets all the Christmas gifts or holiday gifts during the season because, you know, they care so much about, they build these deep relationships with their guests, right? They, both of those people can approach a consultation differently and create a great experience for the guest. But if I... It's, you see what I'm saying? They could ask different questions. They can do the different thing. As long as their intention is focused on the client and not on themselves, I almost, I almost don't care about the process anymore. And I've got a book full of questions and, you know, full steps on how to do a consultation. But the more I watch, I go, I can see that person really cares about their client. Yes. There's things we have to ask, you know, um, and we all know those questions. I'm not going to go through them right now. You know, I mean, but because because more to the point, <clears throat> are are you taking a habit on a week, daily, weekly, monthly basis on getting better at your craft? Are you thinking about your guest before they come in in a way that's positive? Or are you thinking, you know, oh, God, I got, you know, Julie coming in next. Oh. You know, she's probably going to be late. What's she going to want this time? She's going to want to try to nickel and dime me. Like, you know, all the things that you hear, if that's the me that I bring to a, to a consultation, you know, good luck with that. Yeah, it's definitely going to show. I, I like the fact that you were saying the system of question asking, and you also were uh, divided it up between are they being sold to or are they being serviced? Like, can you... Can you kind of clarify that of, of what those differences are? Jennifer, have you ever said something or done something that you thought that you invented and then all of a sudden, like you look around and everybody else is doing the same thing? Oh, daily. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I've had a few experiences like that in my life too. And one of which was, I had this thought that I thought at the time was genius and brilliant. It's like, you know, I don't want to create, I don't want to sell to people. I want people to buy from me. I want people to want the thing that I'm giving them. Right. And then, you know, I said that out loud at some point, And then I realized, 
other more wisdom filled people have been saying it forever, apparently. And I just didn't know about it. Um, the difference between selling somebody something is when I hear something like, um, you know, I'm just trying to make my car payment. I got, you know, mama's got bills to pay. Um, you know, tips, tips are a big one for me. Like when I hear people, um, uh, talking negatively about a tip that they received or didn't see receive, you know, Oh, so-and-so didn't tip me or this person, she never tips. Like when, when you're, when you're bean counting like that, as I like to call it, then I know your intentionality is just to sell your, your, my intention is just to get money from you. And again, I'm a huge fan of making money, but when the, when the intention that I'm bringing to the person is I'm more interested in them than I am in me, then selling and, and serving, you can see how that, um, shifts. And I believe that when you go in with that service mentality, the sales will follow. Yeah. hundred percent. Now be smart, you know, like, again, we're in business. So on the other side of your services, I, what I'm not saying here is uh, give discounts, sell yourself short. Uh, don't charge for all your services. I'm, I'm not saying that part. I'm saying if I have a consultation with somebody, quote them the price up front. That to me is that to me is a great demonstration of serving a guest. Um, where I say to somebody, I give them my recommendation and I ask them if they have any questions. And then if I feel like we've built a large enough ticket that we should, that she, I should, I should give her a heads up. I say, just so you know, I want to, I want to review what it is that I'm going to do. And then I'll just show them. I don't even verbally have to say, and I can point with a pen if I have a service ticket or if, you know, I can write a number down. This is, this is about where we'll be when you leave today. We, are we cool? I'm going to get started. And they can either say yes, or I didn't realize it would be that much. Um, one of the easiest services, you know, that has, that has made this talking price up front um, has been, is hair extensions because it's a luxury service. You know, if, if somebody's going to spend four figures on their hair in one visit, um, it's, it's easier to have the price conversation up front. But I mean, I just suggest it for everybody. If you get comfortable talking about that up front, everybody, nobody gets sticker shocked at the end. Nobody feels weirded out. And I, I believe it's a demonstration of service. It takes a lot of humility and courage to have that conversation. And, um, it's, you know, uh, it just separates the professionals from, you know, people that are, again, there just for, you know, themselves or for one thing. I love that. And I think it's, it's about being transparent with mm -hmm. them and um, setting yourself up for success yeah. because yeah, no one wants to be sticker shocked, especially for big ticket items. And especially for a new guest who may not know the, the total result yeah. that she's seeking yeah. of how yeah. much that's going to be. Let them know your pricing. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's not, um, again, when I do that, then the entire time I'm not doing math in my head, deciding if I'm going to charge for this extra glaze I'm going to put on her. Right. Like we've talked about this already. I have a clear conscience. Now I can do the service and I can again, be more interested in them than what's going to happen when she goes to the front desk. Absolutely. And oftentimes I, I can visual picture in my head, like a game of double Dutch going on. And if you're focusing on the sales during the service, sometimes I always feel like um, that you're playing double Dutch. Like, mm -hmm. when am I going to jump in and, and like sell her this or sell her yeah. that as opposed to maybe just being really transparent from the very beginning of, you know, look, this is what it's going to take to get the results you want. And this is how you need to take care of it. hundred percent. As as to that game of double dutch, you know, there there is a 
you know, the entire appointment, I call the appointment cycle, right? So from the time they walk in the door to the time they leave, there, there are pieces of that conversation that I'll save to different times during the appointment, such as um, setting up a next appointment. I can do that during processing time, right? That's a, that's a, I know that that's one of my strategic, I call them keys to the vault in the book, you know, getting a reservation set up for the next time they come in or right now is a perfect time to schedule out your entire year. I mean, people are all about booking appointments in advance right now. Um, you know, just because, just because of the environment we just came back from, um, I can, I can do a better job educating about styling home hair care products during the time when I'm styling somebody's hair, you know? So there, there, there are things throughout the appointment cycle that you might save. Um, but again, be where you're at, you know? So inside of that consultation, I want to give them a great quote on the services that we're going to do up front so we can move forward. And like you said, I don't have to play double Dutch. I actually like that term. Mm -hmm. I know I picture myself doing that. And I like how you, you say that you save certain things at different portions of the service. And I think that everybody needs to find what their flow, their service flow is. And I believe that it's important to be repetitious of that system in, in order to have consistent, great quality service. And I think that if it was all introduced in the very beginning, you know, if it, you know, first time guest and, and you haven't even started doing her hair and you're asking for a referral, right. It's just, yeah. It's getting yeah awkward. Easy, easy. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, and I'll just give like, we all know that, you know, our first and foremost goal is we want this person to come back. Right. So we, we want this person to come into a repeat client and that works on your retention. We all know that. The second thing we want is for them to come back sooner than later, right? So we all know that if a person comes back, if all of our clients come back every eight weeks, let's say, and a 25-person week is a full week for me, and they all come back every eight weeks, it would, I would need a clientele bowl full of 200 clients or guests to be full, if you will, right? If I can put that same group of people on a six-week rotation, I have to fill two less weeks with unique bodies. So now if my clientele is on a six-week rotation, I only need to have a clientele bucket full of 150 people to have the same income and enjoy the same work-life balance. So one is I want them to come back. Two is I want them to come back a little sooner. Whatever, whatever that means, it's got to be right for them. I'm not talking about lying to people. I'm talking about getting them back at you know, the time that's appropriate. And then the third part is now I want them to multiply. I want them to send other people. So that's the, that's the people portion of our business. Sometimes if you hear me out doing a talk, I'll say there's really only two things that we need to focus on. It's people and performance, right? The people part is the three things that I just mentioned. And the performance part are your technical abilities, your upgrading abilities, meaning upgrading the appointment from something that the client didn't know we were going to do. And then we had a great discussion and then they say yes. And they're now going to play with more of our services. And then, of course, the last portion would be the hair care and maintenance stuff. So that's really if I can just kind of navigate those two things inside of the upgrading portion there's really only two types of services which is you know a higher ticket more luxury service so somebody books for a haircut or they book for a balayage and we decide to talk about hair extensions that day right um and so that's a higher that's a bigger commitment sale if you will and then the lower ticket are those things that we 
we maybe felt the hair and the hair um, could use a treatment, you know, or, uh, or we need to add Olaplex into our um, mixture or, you know, whatever, whatever the case might be. So, so when I'm upgrading something, I have to have the, the technical mastery to, to perform those skills. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then finally, you know, how do they maintain it at home? And um, we all have our favorite products. So, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, there's, there's a lot of great professionals um, product lines out there and you got to be committed to the one that you, you know, are sharing with people. I love that. I, I mean, all of those are such great points that it's, you talk about pro- productivity and it's like, those are the things what you need to focus on to be productive behind the chair and to make a profit. I love that. Amen. Chris, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be on this podcast. Is there anything that you would like to leave our listeners with as far as something to motivate them and inspire them besides everything you've already said. Um, what's hilarious is I ask this people, I ask this to people at the finish of every one of our podcasts and you just left me drawing a blank. And now I know how they feel on the other side. You know, I guess there's, there's so much you want to say. The one, the one thing that comes to mind is, um, I, number one, if you're listening to this, thank you. Um, first of all, Jennifer, you're a great interviewer. Um, you just, you just, ins- you. you've really inspired me throughout this conversation. So I want to say that. So keep listening to this podcast if you're listening. The second um, thing that I want to say is it, because years ago, before podcasts existed, when I was young, um, tape cassettes. Win Playbach yes. um, <laughs> from um, Paul Mitchell and um, Kitty Victor had started this series called Master Series. And they would mail them to you in the mail once a month. You would get a tape. And then eventually they would send you a case that you could keep your tapes in. Um, and that's how I learned. And just through taking away the nuggets that I wanted to use from other people, we built a really successful couple of salons. Um, I had a great life doing that, you know, was able to do the, you know, international global business speaker thing. I worked with my, my idol slash mentor, Michael Colfer and traveled with him for quite a few years. I've had the chance to be directors of, of, um, education teams for manufacturers. And, and I say all that to say, I am one of the least smart people you will ever meet. <laughs> I'm really happy and I smile a lot and I love people. And I know that that's my superpower, you know, so it's, it's gotten me to, to be able to do some things. Um, but there's nothing that I have said and probably nothing that Jennifer would say. I think you'd probably be with me on this. You wouldn't say that you're the least smart person, but, but that, you know, that we're all human beings. And if there's anything that you decide you want to do inside of this career, you can probably do it. Um, you just have to do some of the things that you mentioned, which is put good habits into place, set a good intention, and then, you know, make your plan and work your plan. Absolutely. And Chris, I think what makes you so unique is that you're a student for life. You are smart and the fact that you've listened to those really smart people and it's caused you to elevate yourself as a human being and a professional in this industry. And now to share that with other people, I think is so powerful. And that's what makes you really smart. Well, thanks. Chris, tell our listeners where they can find you, more information about you. Yeah. So I'm not a huge Instagrammer, but you can find me at Chris Solomay Hair, which is C-H-R-I-S-S-U-L-I-M-A-Y Hair um, <clears throat> on Instagram. And um, we have a podcast also. So after you're done listening to Jennifer's podcast, if you still want some more to listen to, you can find us um, on all podcast platforms. We go through Anchor like you do. 
Um, it's shop talk by one, two, four, go. The easiest way we pop up is if you type in one, two, four, go podcast, um, you can just Google that and we pop up all over the place. So that's, those are the two best places to stay connected with me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for being a part of the beauty business game changer podcast. You guys make sure to go ahead to Instagram and follow Chris, show him some love and make sure to listen in on his Shop Talk podcast. Hey friends, thanks for being a part of the Beauty Business Game Changer podcast. If you liked this episode, make sure to subscribe. And if you love this podcast, I would so appreciate to get a review from you. And there's more ways that we can connect as well. Send me a voice message and tell me where you're at in your business and how I can help you through this podcast. Thanks so much for being a part of this. And until next time, you can be the game changer. Um, yeah. And then it was probably December. I decided I was listening to Gary V. And he yeah, like of course. somebody he's like, you just have to start before start you start a ready. podcast. Just start a podcast. Yes. Did yeah, you hear yeah, that one? Yeah. Start a fucking podcast. He says it. He says it all the time. And I, I, I use the F word because that's the way Gary would have said it. Not because <laughs> Exactly. Of, and I was yeah. like, okay, I, I'm going to do this. And, um, yeah, so here I am every week doing, doing a podcast. So, well, it's, um, I, you know, we think the same thing and, um, uh, we, it's just one of those things I think that people think that they're not worthy or they shouldn't do it or it's for some, you know, that it's too hard and it comes to find out it's like so easy to do, you know? Well, and, uh, yeah, yeah, especially with like this. I, so I heard about this app through, um, Corey, Corey, right. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, all right, I'm going to try it. And so far yeah. I'm like, well, this is super easy and it's just been really fun to like connect with other people from all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, um, I, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just really, it's cool. What, what was your, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, we probably it sounds like we're, we listen to and are influenced by a lot of the same people. So what, what was your kind of goal thought in starting it? What was, why were you, what were you yearning to do for my podcast? Yeah. I just felt like, you know, when I started my business, I felt like there was a lot of old information and I was kind yeah. I was going to the library. I had my mentors were like um retired uh, a retired lawyer and a retired banker out of a um a non-for-profit company called Score. I don't know mm -hmm. if you guys have that in Georgia. Not sure. Um, but it's retired professionals helping other professionals who are seeking to open up a business. And so I'm getting guidance from them. I'm getting guidance in the library. I'm like Googling everything. And I'm like, where's all the updated information? Now mm -hmm. I think with mm -hmm. podcasts, um, there's more relevant up-to-date information. But when mm -hmm. I started, which was in 2016, not that long ago, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I felt like, all the books that I was finding and all the information was just like old, old news and not very visual. So I was like, mm -hmm. if I could just help some other people who are thinking about starting a business or who really want to maximize their time behind the chair, I want to be able to do that. 